page 65 even she seems a seeming puppet of an hour even in his mortal session in body's house an aimless traveler between birth and death ephemeral dreaming of immortality to reign she spurs him she is ultimately wanting him to become the king he takes up her powers he has harnessed her to the yoke of her own law his face of human thought puts on a crown see this is what happens when we master nature but look at the paradox held in her leash bound to her veiled caprice he studies her ways if so he may prevail even for an hour and she work out his will he makes of her his moment passions serve to obey she feigns she follows her creature's lead for him she was made lives only for his use but conquering her then is he most her slave he is her dependent all his means are hers nothing without her he can she rules him still you master all the things of material nature air condition everything flight but now see how she has made you so badly dependent <laughs> then at last he wakes to a memory of self that's when the next stage of our evolution happens and it ends at the end shubindo says this <clears throat> people want to run away because nature either their own nature they find it difficult or they find the world difficult but look what shubindo is saying you cannot run away that's why it is said suicide is the worst kind of not only cowardly act is the stupidest act you don't escape you come back with the same difficulty nature how can you escape from nature it'll pull you back and it'll teach you it's a in the beginning stage is very hard task master so he says that's how we see in the beginning a child when he studies he has to be what the teacher tells you can't just say ki i'll come in my own time go in my own time but as you grow graduation post graduation phd you have a degree of freedom which you begin to enjoy as long as nature lasts he too is there for this is sure that he and she are one even when he sleeps he keeps her on his breast whoever leaves her he will not depart to repose without her in the unknowable so ultimately the two are together it's a lovely journey fascinating journey and every step of the journey is made by a wisdom that transcends human reason human reason that seeks only little comfort cannot see beyond the tip of the nose or the passing hours so this about purusha and prakriti together they have staged this cosmic play and we should uh, understanding the play play accordingly okay namaste Oh, what was the other one? One was the inner war, and there was another one. Ha, Sachidan. Okay, fine. Okay, I will take that first. But we have not. Ha, ha. Oska the pura ek talk ho chuka. Ye wala Hindi mein kar lete hain. Ha, Divya Janani ka.
this anyways uh, you keep it off i'll just quickly touch that inner war wala inner war because we have taken it inner war is uh, on kar diya hai kya aaj see inner war is about all these cosmic forces which act now where does it become inner war initially we fight with an enemy outside okay in the first stages both of us are at the same level then as we grow we begin to stand on what is good and true according to our conception and the other person is on the other side of the fence this is the second stage and when we have crossed that we begin to discover that all that i am seeing in that person actually exists also in me so inner war means that all the forces of creation which pull us down and keep us tied to the ignorant state so the vedic rishis and of course indian yoga sees this march of the soul as a battle and a pilgrimage so looking at the world it's more of a battle pilgrimage comes later so in the battle there are forces within us which help us grow upward towards a higher humanity and forces which keep us tied to the lower unregenerate nature lower unregenerate nature means we are more like an animal kar lo kar lete go into meditation it's so nice <laughs> okay namaste so uh, inner war it's about inner war that we all have to undergo so what is this inner war the vedic rishis uh, and yogis mystics they have seen this world the journey of the soul march of the soul as a battlefield as well as as a pilgrimage so that's why we see all these uh, pilgrimages and battle stories and there's beautiful uh, outer means to remind us of something inwardly so let's take the battlefield apart so battle here is between two kinds of forces the inner war shubhendra speaks about the inner war this is the inner war without escape so if we don't fight the inner war peace cannot be established you may try any amount of peace treaties you may sign any number of agreements you may pass a resolution in united nations peace cannot be until the heart of man deserves peace when will he deserve peace shubhendra says also when the debt to rudra has been paid rudra forces have shaped this planet how are, what are these rudra forces violent forces have come just imagine they have needed the earth created mountains and oceans all these tremendous forces because it was hard matter so now where do these forces go they have created up till here so they enter into creation it says okay we have created mountains now we'll do our game in living beings how do they do in living beings gozilla and dinosaur <laughs> then evolution happens they are still there the tendency to tear which is there in animal kind to devour to eat which is still okay because in animal there is no war these forces are but slowly getting slightly changed how dinosaur has no feeling when it kills the anaconda doesn't care fig about what it's doing to its creatures the python swallows without a feeling and the snake bites it can eat its own progeny isn't it 
But what happens in higher animals? Higher animals also have affection. Something because something like a little four-legged creatures. You'll see a kind of a psychic core sometimes begins to develop. They have faithfulness, they have loyalty, they want to safeguard their children. Higher animals. Bear and you know, even tigers, lions. They're known to have, of course, cats, dogs, horses, cows. That's why an Indian uh, thing, chicken eating and fish eating was okay. But generally eating four-legged creatures because they are now, they have entered a point where something like a psychic uh, seed is beginning to shine. Mother speaks about it in one of her writings. Experiences in the agenda. Bear, jambavant ke vachan sohai. Monkeys, so these horses, see they can be so, but at the same time they can be feared. So now what is happening, the Rudra forces are getting a little bit changed. Then in human beings, they are still there. But in ancient India, the system was channelized them. How the Kshatriya was given to fight. He could fight a righteous battle. Now we have forgotten all those beautiful ways through which these forces were channelized. Or the Rudra forces are channelized nowadays still because further evolution in uh, wrestling uh, championships and where these forces of violence and tremendous uh, aggression, fear, all of them are channelized into sports. This is one of the ways. But still, they are not changed. Now, up till now, human beings have evolved. They have found ways and means, or rather they have not found, but nature has given them ways and means through which they can channelize these forces. But now for a still further evolution, the war becomes more and more direct within. Meaning thereby, now within us are these forces of extreme violence. Now, violence is not an act. Violence is an inner state. So when Arjun kills Duryodhan, not Duryodhan, Karna and others, he is in a state which is free from hatred, free from all that ambition, I want to, you know, kill, have joy in killing, that is violence. So inwardly, one can remain in a state of inner non-violence, ahinsa. Again, you see, hinsa and ahinsa. Again, it is not about action, it's an inner state. Ahinsa. So you are committing an act which may seem like violence, but there is no state of inner violence inside. Whereas when one carelessly tramples on this or that creatures without caring about, you know, that becomes violence. Cutting a tree, meaninglessly. You see how when storm rages, it just fells the trees. Only because it's instantaneous, we call it the Rudra forces in violence. Don't we do the same thing when we just cut them, ransack nature, we just destroy mountains. So all this is violence. Violence is not just about, um, you know, human beings. But there is a state of inner non-violence where you don't have that state of greed or ambition or lust or, you know, ambition. But yet you are have to fight a battle sometimes. So within us there are forces of anger, greed, lust, ambition, fear. They pull us down. Somebody wants to evolve to higher states. Similarly, there are forces of peace, harmony, <coughs> beauty, light, spirit of unity, truth. All these pull us upward. So there comes a stage in yoga when there is a fight between these two forces. These are pulling us down. 
one wants to become aspirant for peace sits in meditation and says ah i had one of the most beautiful meditation i felt so peaceful comes out and sees a person whom one hates oh why this person has crossed my path so what has happened you have lost the peace that's why shubhendra says unless you slay that part within you that is reacting with preferences egoistic reactions hate greed lust so peace even when it comes it will never stay it will evaporate and that's what happens to people they lose it why they lose it because they have not done the other side of the work that's why shubhendra says there are two sides of the yoga work we have to do in yoga one is the positive side cultivate the higher forces of peace harmony light wisdom strength beauty and on the other side remove those forces reject those forces which pull us pull us down like fear ambition greed lust uh, band of spirits enemy jealousies all these things we have to reject so this is the inner war and every sadhak has to fight it divine why doesn't he fight and does it everything for us and gives us a this is our side of the work we can discuss that why he doesn't do it actually he does it but he makes us feel that uh, we are doing it because that's how we learn now i give this simple example why we have to do this fight divine will fight that's what mahabharata is about but he will be with us but we have to take the arrow and shoot so let me put it like this will a child ever learn riding a bicycle let alone motorcycle and car if his father keeps making the child sit and hold the um, handle but actually he is driving at some point he has to leave but say i am there with you the father is around and the child is learning after some time when the training little bit training is over and then the child further goes next step even when father is not around the child knows if i fall my dad is there he'll take care my mom is there she will take care of me so because we have to grow if divine deals with us like automatons and machine then there is no growth for us so it is our bar and the divine stands by our side he is on our side on the side of all that is good beautiful true harmonious but still war has to be fought by us and as we fight this war and each one who wins a little victory within himself maybe over a little bit of greed little bit of fear little bit of lust it facilitates the victory in the world over these forces corresponding forces so this is the inner war we have to fight and there is no escape if you want to grow up otherwise always dad will drive the car and will sit behind which is not a very good situation to be in okay namaste